Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Welcome to this week's Shelf Logic podcast. I'm Samantha. And I'm Mary. And we're both librarians at the Georgia T. Lord Library Branch in Goodyear. And we're here today to help you kick off spooky season and talk about some of our favorite spooky books we've been reading recently. What have you been reading recently, Samantha? So one of the books I want to talk about today is called How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. It actually just came out this year, kind of just as a brief synopsis because I don't want to give too much away. This is a book that the main character is Louise and she and her younger brother are kind of dealing with the stages of grief and fighting over a family estate right after both of their parents pass away in a car accident. So it's kind of a coming of age story and also deals with a lot of family issues with a lot of spooky twists and turns. Um, There are a lot of, definitely a lot of trigger warnings for this book. It's pretty graphic violence wise. Um, It also deals a lot with parental death, child death, trauma, those kind of things. So just be prepared. Anyone who has also read Grady Hendrix is going to be familiar with the types of books he writes and they tend to be both very emotional and very scary. Yes. Who was your favorite character in this book? So I think my favorite character was our main character, Louise. I just kind of identified with her quite a bit. She was also an older sister to a younger brother um, and kind of the unique dynamics that come with that relationship. And it was interesting seeing her journey from kind of a skeptic to a believer through these different things and also uncovering some of her own childhood traumas and reinventing her relationship with her brother. It sounds like she was very real to you. Uh, Did the characters overall feel real to you? Yes, I think uh, realistic characters is something uh, Grady Hendrix does very well in all of his books. I think every of his, all of his books I've read, I've found something to identify with, with the characters. And he also writes female characters very well. Um, So she was a very realistic um, woman. She's in her late 30s, I believe, in the book, kind of experiencing struggles we're all familiar with um, while dealing with grief and being a single parent and dealing with co-parenting and all these different things. Did the story keep you guessing while you read? Absolutely. Um, There were multiple points where I, um, it's not often a book will actually scare me. There were multiple times it gave me that feeling of just wanting to hide your head under the covers and you never quite know what's coming next. What was your favorite part of the book and why? Favorite part of the book is kind of my favorite thing with a lot of Grady Hendrix's books. These seamless transitions from like a family drama story and relationship fiction themes to horror and exploring popular horror tropes and kind of turning them on their head. Did this book make you laugh or cry? Both actually, because there are certain parts that are just so ridiculous as happens just with family in general. And it also, it made me cry because it was dealing with a lot of heavy relationship things and the struggles of a sibling relationship and uh, different perceptions of their relationship with their parents. Did 
Did the story grip you and keep you turning the pages? Uh, 100%. There was more than once I was kind of sitting there flinching at a scene that was particularly horrifying, but I just couldn't put the book down because I needed to know what happened next. I've read a couple of Grady Hendrix books before, and that is definitely uh, something he does very well. Yes, yes, he's an excellent horror author. I would even say, despite... Um, his books being a little more on the intense side, I think he's actually a good introductory author for a lot of horror readers because I think he gives you things you don't normally expect from horror fiction. I feel like he also, at least the books I read by him, included a lot of like supernatural elements. Mm -hmm. uh, at some points in uh, the Southern Book Club's Guide to Vampire Slaying, when I was reading that, I felt like it should belong in our supernatural section, but it's yes. really mm -hmm. here, so it's always interesting to see what he writes about. Yeah, um, Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires is another one I recommend a lot. And this one in particular I think is great for fans of like the movie Poltergeist or the Conjuring movies because it's very heavy on the haunted house themes. It's very, I guess cinematic would be the word in this, it really paints this excellent picture of the setting and the characters and it really just sucks you in. Mm -hmm. So what have you been reading lately, Mary? Recently, I just read Five Total Strangers by Natalie Richards. Uh, this is in our teen horror section, but our main characters are in the new adult age, if you will. They're all in between, I think, 18 and 23. Uh, this book, uh, have you ever flown into a busy Pennsylvania airport the day before Christmas in a blizzurricane? With one rental car left, five total strangers going to about the same area, all agree to carpool. In this new adult fiction, Mira explores what it's like to make and recover from tough decisions that will impact her for the rest of her life. A couple trigger warnings, they do talk about abuse, drug abuse in this book, addiction, uh, there are some car accidents and stalking, so if you don't want to read about any of those, then maybe just pass this one along for next time. Yeah, so who was your favorite character in that book? My favorite character was Mira. The author made this character an artist and really used her to help like, paint the novel as a whole. Um, and it is from her point of view. Um, she's in a unique set of circumstances and the author makes her very relatable and easy to fall in love with. And uh, she stumbles through a lot of things that are supposed to happen later on in life, but they're happening now for her. So it's just interesting to see uh, a new adult grapple with later in life adult decisions. Yeah, so it sounds like there's a lot of um, interesting characters in a very unique situation. Did the um, characters feel real to you? Yeah, I would say overall the characters felt pretty real to me. Uh, Mira did a very good job. The author through Mira did a good job um, painting the different characters. Uh, what she thought about them, uh, what she's learning about them in their adventure on the highways and back roads to wherever they need to go in Pennsylvania. Um, but I think she did a really, really good job and she like intertwines everything from like the setting and like the characters' personalities, they all like play against and with each other. So I thought that was a really interesting dynamic. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, did the story keep you guessing? I would say so. Um, 
right at the beginning, uh, the author essentially paints everybody as a suspect, mm. um, including the main character herself. I think the author does a really good job of also including the main character in the suspect list, which we don't see a lot unless it's a book that's like an unreliable narrator from the get-go, mm -hmm. and that's not what this book was, at least for Mira as a character. Um, so I thought she had like a Goldilocks amount of like red herrings through the book, and because all of the characters play a role in the suspect list, it really just keeps you going. You really just want to see who it is. Yeah, that sounds very cool. It sounds like it's almost a closed-door mystery, just in a car instead of an actual room. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so uh, what was your favorite part of the book? My favorite part of the book was the ending, just because the author has spent, like, the last 175 pages building this world, and, like, this world essentially only exists in a car mm -hmm. over, like, seven hours. So, like... She really, like, brings it home and reminds you that, like, hey, this doesn't take place over a few days. It's a few short hours and what everybody learns. Yeah, that's great. And it sounds like it's kind of a nice little short bite for maybe someone who's looking for a quick read for the spooky season here. Uh, did the book make you laugh or cry? Uh, I would say both. The very first time I read this was a couple years ago. And I was going through some similar things as the main character, so I was able to really relate to her. Mm -hmm. um, looking back on it now with the reread I just did recently of this title, I think I laughed a lot more because I also wasn't caught up in the same sort of situations anymore. I'm looking back on it, and, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, did the story grip you and keep you turning the pages? Yes, especially at the end. I just couldn't finish it fast enough. <laughs> yes, I love those kind of books that you just, you can't help but sit and keep reading it. <laughs> yeah. oh, what other books have you read, Samantha? Uh, so the other book I want to talk about today, it's um, it's been a little while since I read it, but it's one of my absolute favorites, even though it only came out a couple years ago. And that is Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. So just to kind of give a quick rundown of that one, it's about a young woman in Mexico City. It takes place in the 1950s. So our main character, Noemi, she's kind of a socialite in Mexico City. She's in college. She's changed her major a few times, but she really wants to get a master's degree in anthropology, which I related to. And then her cousin, who has just gotten married, she, her family gets this really strange letter, so she has to go stay with her cousins and uh, her in-laws and kind of try and figure out what's going on and what's wrong with her cousin. And it, I really loved it because I'm a huge fan of gothic novels, and it does a really good job of doing a modern spin on a gothic, gothic novel, and I don't think I've read anything quite like it until that one came out. Some, like, trigger warnings. There are definitely trigger warnings for uh, sexual assaults, um, domestic violence, so kind of avoid it if you don't like any of those things. I also, not to give too much away, uh, be prepared not to want to eat mushrooms for a little bit. Mushrooms are my favorite. And Mushrooms are also my favorite, <laughs> but it's totally worth it. Mm -hmm. right. 
Who was your favorite character and why? So Noemi is kind of my favorite character, which it's kind of, I have to admit, um, there are times some of the other characters in this book feel kind of cartoonishly evil that you can't really like them at all, but it's done so well that I don't mind it when reading it. Uh, but Noemi, she's very, she's a very confident and self-assured character, but she's kind of very self-absorbed and naive. She's used to living this kind of socialite lifestyle, maybe not having a ton of familial responsibility. Um, and she's having to take on a very different role in this book. So it does really well as like a coming of age story, which is a common theme in a lot of Gothic novels. And I related a lot to her struggle between like this desire for independence and in her own life, but also dealing with this kind of idea of family loyalty and obligation. Nice. Uh, did any of the other characters feel real to you? Yeah, so her cousin, um, who I honestly am forgetting the name of at this moment, but her cousin felt really real because she was kind of a woman who was in this new marriage and was really excited about it. But then strange things kind of started happening and she was just very drained and kind of trapped within this household she'd become a part of. Um, and they all had very layered motivations and personalities, and the motivations changed throughout the story as more information was coming to light. The antagonists at times, like I said, felt almost cartoonish, but their motivations and their actions are rooted enough in reality and existing issues that it gives it kind of a grounded feel. And the explicit villainy versus moral grayness really made sense in the context of the story. So overall, yes, I would say the characters felt real. Did the story keep you guessing while you read? Yeah, absolutely. This book builds really well off of the Gothic tradition and keeps uh, the reader guessing on the motivations for all the characters, as well as reality. Like it kind of, you struggle to keep track of what's real and what's not, which is something both our protagonists are dealing with within the context of the story. Did they have like any clues that they included to help you figure out like mm -hmm. what was real and not real? Yeah, so it's like you're kind of, you're going through at the beginning and you're like, okay, I'm not sure if this is a dream or this is really happening. And it would seem like maybe the characters were sleepwalking. But then towards the end of the book, all those ties start coming together and you figure out what was real and what wasn't the whole time. Did the book make you laugh or cry? Um, you know, it made me laugh at times at the beginning because Noemi is just such a particular character and she has a certain comedic quality to her that she brings into this very dark dank English home because Sylvia Maria Garcia she literally takes like the gothic manor house from England and plops it in the middle of Mexico it takes place in this mining town that's fallen on hard times and this family is like the landlords of the town so it deals with themes of indentured servitude and xenophobia and colonization it does all those things really well in the context of the story um so it does really it reminds me a lot of like Connie of Hill House Jane Eyre where the setting is really its own character so and also it made me cry because it's like Grady Hendrix it deals with a lot of emotional things and you're dealing with this concept of like 
emotional abuse and being trapped in a marriage and these kind of things as well. Did the story grip you and keep you turning the pages? Absolutely. It's it kind of it really sucks you into the story. You want to know what happens next. You feel like you're trapped in the house with these characters and you want to find the solution to the mystery right along with Noemi. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. Yeah. How about you? What else have you been reading? also been reading The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. Uh, I'm going to start with the trigger warnings. Very first, this book is very graphic. It depicts hate crimes, racism, uh, animal death, uh, death in general uh, with like people, lots of body gore and horror, mm -hmm. miscarriage, and just like overall general violence. So yes. <laughs> you don't want to read about any of these things, please don't engage with this book, but for everybody who is still sticking around, The Only Good Indians follows a group of indigenous teens who commit a horrific act against their land, animals, and people one Thanksgiving, and then how the land bites back and seeks revenge against them all about 10-ish years later. This story is a mind-bending tale of how people start and end generational curses and trauma. Uh, overall, I thought it's a very good read. This was also a reread for me. Um, I love this book and I will re recommend it to anybody who is willing to read it. Yes, that's actually one of my favorite books as well. Uh, who is your favorite character? Uh, my favorite character was Denora. Mm -hmm. She didn't come until the later half of the book, but boy did she come in with bang. Absolutely. She was there to fix everyone's problems including her own, but to fix her own, she had to fix everyone else's problems. She's the culmination of like everybody's good intentions and what happens when you actually act on those good intentions. I totally agree. I think one thing Stephen Graham Jones does really well is the concept of a final girl. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. This is most defi definitely plays into that trope. So if you are interested in final girl books, this is the book for you. Yes. Uh, did the characters feel real to you? For the most part, yes. When the book initially starts out, it's with an unreliable narrator, mm -hmm. but the chapter is very short and it's just a brief introduction of the world we're getting into. Eventually, the book circled back around and this character did mm -hmm. feel real, but he didn't feel real until the end. Once we circled back, everybody else though, once they established their little page in the book, if you will, uh, they felt very real. I think this book has five or six points of view. I think so. The four or five from the initial group that committed the atrocity, plus a couple of their kids. Uh, but for the most part, everybody felt real. It's just getting into the world. Yeah, I totally understand that. Did the story keep you guessing? It absolutely did. Um, like what you were saying earlier with the novels that you were talking about, um, it was lots of like flipping back and forth. Um, and the author really leans into several elements like the folklore surrounding the world and just kind of how things keep crashing from like the supernatural side of things into reality mm -hmm. but then you like second guess yourself and you're like wait a second but but then we circle back to the end 
It's all about the end. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's you kind of like, wait, did that actually happen? Were they imagining it? And then it all comes together in a neat little package. Yes, I did appreciate that from the author. Mm -hmm. And what was your favorite part of the book? Uh, honestly, just like the last one, the end was the favorite part, just because the author is was so good at building the world, the folklore around it, uh, just building up the different themes and the trials and tribulations that the characters go through. And the end really, like, I'm rooting for you. I just, mm -hmm. uh, Yes, absolutely. Did the book make you laugh or cry? Um, neither really. Uh, what it was more like was I was screaming at this book. Uh-huh. I was just rooting so hard for all of the different characters. And you're just like, this is going to be the one that breaks the trauma. It's going to break the cycle. And then... And then life happens, and then, but like I said, he ties it all up at the end. I promise all of the stuff you go through during the beginning and middle, it all makes sense in the end. Just trust the process. Yeah, absolutely. I really, um, not to go too much into it, but another of his books called My Heart is a Chainsaw does those things very well as well. Uh, and that really gets into the idea of the final girl trope. Um, did the story grip you and keep you turning the pages? Overall, yeah. Once we mm -hmm. established, like, what was going on in the world, and once we had a couple instances of, like, the supernatural under our belt, so to speak, then it really, like, I didn't want to put it down. It's like, what is going to happen to this mm -hmm. group of people? Please, please, please. You, you can do it. You can fix this. I have faith. Yeah, that's kind of the experience I had that with that book as well, that it's kind of slow to get going. But once you get into it, it's like a boulder rolling down the hill and you just can't stop reading it until you know what happens. Right. Uh, it makes me excited to dive into some of his other titles. Mm -hmm. um, this is the only one I've read by him. Yep. But I look forward to My Heart's a Chainsaw and then The Night Mannequins and yes. a couple other ones that on there that I wanted to read as well. Yeah, and then he actually just had, um, I have not read this one yet, um, but he just had his sequel to My Heart is a Chainsaw come out called Don't Fear the Reaper. Oh, nice, mm -hmm. nice. Yep, yep. And Sylvia Marina Garcia actually just had a new book out uh, called Silver Nitrate. Nice. We, we love it when good authors come out with new books. <laughs> Absolutely. And I've read through, I have not read Silver Nitrate yet. I actually just picked it up. Um, but all of Sylvia Moreno Garcia's books are excellent. So are all of Grady Hendrix's. I don't think there's any I wouldn't recommend of their books. Mm -hmm. right. I've, had, I've had good luck with Grady Hendrix. I'll have to look into the other author. Mm -hmm. I haven't read too much, or I haven't read anything by her, but I see her books come as holds all the time, so I'm very, very interested in putting those a little higher on my million mile to be read list. Yep, and hers are fun because um, all of her books have similar elements in the supernatural or in noir, but I wouldn't class any of her books as being in the same genre. So it's kind of fun to get a different taste of something every time you pick up one of her books. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, I definitely recommend these two authors. Both mm -hmm. of them can actually be found on Libby. So if anybody is interested in trying out these books and wants a digital copy, uh, head over to Libby and you can find both Five Total Strangers and um, 
the only good Indians. Yeah, both of these books are available digitally as well, and you can find any of these four books um, in our library catalog at mcldaz.org. All right. Well, it was lovely talking with you, Mary, today. And thank you to all our listeners for joining us for this episode of Shelf Logic. Thank you for having me, Samantha. It's been great. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.